Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Neil Lamani from Trimmings from the Heart. I'm here today with... Drew Varoche. And... Nima Hedbar. You're going to have to come closer, Nima. Nobody's going to be able to hear you. Um, Nima, basically. Yeah, so we've, it's been a while since we've done the podcast all together, so nearly I'm pretty one, excited about yeah, it. Maybe nearly excited. one year, yeah. It's been that long? Nearly. Is that for real? Yeah, I think the last ones we did must have been, what, maybe November or October at the... At the, the yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh my god, we haven't been putting enough enough putting in enough work. But we've been doing our you know separate things, working on things. And, yeah, and actually, so, so that's good. That was where I wanted to go. I wanted to start with. I wanted to like um, hear about like uh, what you're currently pursuing, what you're currently interested in doing, and learning about, and kind mm. of exploring. And I guess like each one of us can kind of share what we're doing. Mm. Mm. Yeah, well, I want to start by first saying how important or how what an impact it had on me coming here last year for those three, uh, few sessions that we did. That really was a big turning point in my life, uh, and I'm very, very like forever will be uh, grateful for for that experience last year. Uh, it helped me kind of hmm, focus in on what direction to take. Mm. And I've made some pretty significant changes in my life since then in terms of um, study focus and career goals. Yeah, okay. the, 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 I would say the association of you two, these two brothers here, has, help, uh, has helped me kind of narrow in more on uh, what I want to dedicate my life to. So I'm very grateful for that. And thank you very much. I'm happy to be back. I'm excited uh, to come back. It means a lot to me to hear that. Thanks, man. It's a pretty big compliment. Yeah. And... Um, Okay, so what am I focusing on? Well, well, currently, I mean, I always have the kind of same focus, but I dance around this point. And at the moment, I'm, I'm uh, studying some Western philosophy, studying some modern French mm-hmm. philosophy, and mm-hmm. also some Socrates, Plato mm-hmm. era. And uh, yeah, I'm just just doing the doing the austerity phase of learning these people, learning their, you know, their how they came to develop their ideas and how they uh, held their arguments up and their different perspectives and yeah I'm just finding finding interesting things that are useful for what I'm trying to do. You want to give us an example of something you've kind of learned that mm. has translated well for you as a... Okay, I feel like sharing this. Socrates, he, he was a bit of a... Like he, he was a polarizing figure in the sense that People loved and hated him. He was a he was a shit stirrer. Mm. He would come and like you know probe you, right? And and he would he would turn he would ask questions to see, you know, how you view the world and why you live the way you do, and he would keep probing until he found contradictions. And then ah. yeah, and 
and he believes that this is how you can bring people closer to truth. You don't need to come and tell them. You just come and see how they're looking, how they're living their life, mm -hmm. and then they're revealing things. And then you you reveal to them, well, that's a contradiction with what you just said before. And you and you, he he, it's, he said it was like uh, midwifery, like you're birthing some idea out of someone. So I thought that was really cool. And then I noticed just amongst, um, I suppose, in my own life, and then with some people I know, they kind of represent what well, they. They represent that a little bit. So they're dedicated to, you know, truth is a high principle for them in mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. And they don't really like living a life that's just frivolous and just entertainment without any uh, connection to something true and real. Uh, so they go around and all their conversations are like that. And some people like it, but many people are disturbed by it. Yeah, it can make people uncomfortable. Yeah, many people are disturbed Definitely. by it. Now, on the other side, uh, people were so attracted to him because he was, he was like bringing them to this place of, of empowerment of real. Like he was helping them get realization. Like, oh wow, I've been living with this yeah. false truth. Well, I think it's important that you you actually come to a place where you're living in incongruence with mm. your beliefs. Mm. Like your your lifestyle matches what you actually think about the world, how you see things, and and when there's a disconnect in those things and. Yeah. You don't even realize you're you're doing that. Sometimes you don't even realize how disconnected you are from from your perceptions and your actions. Or um, your actions might be more geared towards a higher value, but your beliefs might still be stuck somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And it and it can create different kinds of tension in your life and stuff like that. And kind of bringing it to a point where you're you're authentic through and through. You mm. what you believe is what you practice and what you preach. And and um, it's yeah, it's a really really um valuable asset to attain and and often takes somebody to do that someone to push you someone to prod at your beliefs someone to kind of pick at you when and and, and even make you uncomfortable at times to to show you some of those you know mm. inconsistencies in your mm -hmm. thought and behavior and and belief is, is an interesting thing to do so socrates was that guy and i think i know a few socrates these days and yeah, so that's what I get out of these investigations of these personalities as well. Is like, mm -hmm. I see instances of the same thing in many places. Yeah. Um, I'm not looking... See, when you study philosophy uh, through university, they, they don't want you to find conclusions. They want you to learn how to philosophize, how to mm. question, how to argue, you know, logic and mm. argument techniques. And, and I think they also want you to know a philosopher very well mm. whereas i'm there i'm learning it but i'm looking something more overarching i'm seeing how it kind it's of pattern recognition right yeah isn't it i think that we when we mm -hmm. study philosophers we're often looking for a pattern mm. um that you know you see a pattern in the materialist philosophers mm -hmm. right there's yeah. a certain pattern <clears throat> of their teachings of their limited mm -hmm. viewpoint of of constraining truth to only that which can be you know, measured by the senses. That's a very, um, that's a materialistic doctrine, right? Now, you could give probably a few examples of names of philosophers who fit that bill. Sure. I probably can't off the top of my head do that right now. I know that we had in India, who was the name of the... Charvaka. Charvaka, right? Yeah. So, Charvaka, and then who's the main proponent of Sankhya was Kapila, so there's two Kapilas, yeah. one was a spiritualist, one yeah. was a materialist, and then yeah. so the Sankhya doctrine is also considered to be a materialistic viewpoint, only which, which, 
what's in those 24 elements is real everything yeah. else is just imagination or fantasy yeah, stop at Atma and you right, stop yeah. it and even so before, Atma, before yeah. right before Atma yeah. you get the mind and then yeah. and you end it but that's so that's a pattern and then you can yeah. find that pop up in many different places and then then you slowly find a pattern where people start to recognize the depth of the inner world the depth of the mind mm. the um the depth of psychology you know um where how far that's reaching and actually how impactful that is on life so that's mm. its own totally other element that doesn't have any existence in facts mm, mm -hmm. it's not uh it's not a something you can touch or or feel or mm -hmm. even measure it's completely immeasurable it, it requires communication to get anywhere with it and, and that communication might not be honest yeah well. it's it's essentially <laughs> it's like the hardest thing to pin down and the it's most the, the it's most. the filter right it's it's <laughs> part of the way we hold our experience in the mm. world and and so that's one new level of pattern and then then you get into you know you get into buddhism and and yoga sastras which get a little bit higher and you know it's really interesting one of the things that i have always tried to do is find the common pattern like the common theme when it comes to eastern traditions right but oftentimes it's translated different it's worded different mm. it's said differently and a lot of people will say like buddhists don't believe in the soul right mm. that's a common idea that mm -hmm. they have they don't believe in the soul but when you get actually into studying you know, uh, the Mahayana teachings and then, you know, from Mahayana in the Madhyamaka school of Nagarjun onwards, the, the, the concept of shunyata takes a different meaning, not being nothing, but being basically pure awareness, pure consciousness. Mm. It's a luminous void mm -hmm. of awareness. Mm. That's all it is, awareness of awareness yep. in itself. It's not, it's got no extremes, it's got no... No constructs whatsoever. It's just that. Yeah, this is the light and the void, right? Yeah. But this is how you bring people back out of the, the voidistic conclusions. Right. Yeah, there's there's awareness there. Yeah, and, it, 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 and it's basically the same pattern as the jnani. It, mm. the, that, that system of the Buddhists at that level is yeah. basically the same system of the jnani that you know, yeah. would have been learning from Shankara. Yeah. There would have been, they come to the same place. So there's another pattern. It's the jnana yoga sphere of looking at things. And and then yoga, again, yoga sprang up in so many different places throughout India. So there's different schools of yoga. Mm -hmm. But again, there's a pattern. And then it has to do with the indweller, the, you know, and, and processes of getting to that state of consciousness through meditation. Or like you, you shared in your podcast, um, The Essence Seeker. You guys should check out Druva's podcast, The Essence Seeker. It's really good. Um you're talking about the five means of attaining samadhi mm. that Patanjali yeah. talks about, right? Yeah. And um, you know, so there's different schools that go into those different that specialize in different those different types of processes for going into samadhi. And um, and there's another pattern, right? Mm. And then the bhakti pattern, you know, the shaiva is the pattern, which will always be, you know, um, like typical in society. You'll have a conservative orthodoxy. Yeah. And then you'll have the <clears throat> reactive, uh, the reaction to that, which is the unorthodox. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, and, and so you'll have the the liberal, the liberal approach versus the very strict orthodoxy approach. And then generally, what will happen is you'll have some realized individual will try to teach his teach a method, mm -hmm. and eventually that method will become 
dogma. Yeah, structuralized. Yeah, and pure. I just orthodoxy. made a twenty-minute podcast about this earlier today, yeah. so I'm so like loving um, this conversation. Um, <laughs> so it'll become a, a, an orthodoxy, a very, very strict orthodoxy. Eventually, mm. as you know, and we see it to a certain extent uh, in our experience in ISKCON, mm-hmm. because Srila Prabhupada was giving. Um, well, you could say it's his method, but it's really a, his version of the Parampara's method, right? Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of talk of don't change this, don't add or subtract, mm-hmm. right? So then you'll get a certain kind of person who just goes, okay, Prabhupada said this, and they won't go outside of that. They won't look at that or or becomes a letter of the law, is the spirit of the law, there is no spirit of the law beyond the letter of the law. And you'll get this rigid, fixed mm-hmm. orthodoxy. And then you have issues of doty, no doty, all this stuff, because people are trying to, okay, well, how do we, it, it gets too rigid. Mm. And it gets too, and there's a natural, the natural tendency, some of it gets loose because people get loose, and some of it is people start to actually push back push uh, will study and learn and <clears throat> apply their own knowledge and experience and go well hang on a second the spirit of the law what's the spirit of the law mm. right because at the end of the day the spirit of the law can't change and that's what that's, that's what i like about bhaktivana talker's yeah. writings he really mm. pointed to that the spirit of the law is what can't change the bhagavad the, the spirit of the, of the law Bhagavad. every single acharya mm. broke the letters of the law they were, every mm, single one was a rebel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In in our line mm-hmm. of disciplic extension, everyone was a rebel. Yeah. Even Prabhupada. Even Prabhupada was a rebel. Mahaprabhu was essentially, you know, he's initiated into Madhva Sampradaya, but he didn't mm. he didn't propagate Madhva's teachings at all. Mm-hmm. And and then you know, going down the line, Bhaktivinoda came along. He wasn't. He was a. He wasn't even a Vaishnav for most of his life. He, he wasn't was, part he of the Vaish community. Vaishnav no, community. He came out of nowhere. He came out of nowhere. He was this a sleeper who just all of a sudden started writing profound knowledge, and 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 was. He was challenging the status quo of, of Vaishnav traditions, mm-hmm. and to an extent mm-hmm. that was lethal. Yeah, he allowed himself to doubt his own tradition as well. In, in the early stages, he spent a significant amount of time doubting his own. How to say, like mm. traditions that were given to him, passed up, passed mm. on. Yeah, and just see how he rose up out of that. For me, Bhaktivinoda Thakur was a great inspiration, and I, I feel like asking the question: Why don't you think it is that in Iskon we don't learn about that's that part of Bhaktivinoda Thakur's history or development? We only we only get the kind of well. There's generally speaking cream. a few controversies. Uh, where people deny some of the more human aspects of all of the acharyas, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So especially, so we we tend to label all the acharyas as nitisiddhas, mm-hmm. where they most likely would have referred to themselves as sadhanasiddhas, yeah, or kripasiddhas even. Yeah, it, it's it's a very difficult on thing to understand. And this is, you know, again, this is an this can go all the way into the fall, you know, the jiva fall issue. Mm. This can yeah. this can go all the way there because. You know, but I won't go there. We won't digress to that. We talk. We're talking about that. Bhaktivinoda Thakur had a life. Uh, he was born in a Shakta family. Yes. He was born in a family that that the custom was meat eating and and yes. and and worship of 
uh, Mahakali and Mahachandi, and and that was yeah. the his tradition. Father was a, his father was a, a, a grandfather was a yeah. renowned Kali Bhakta, and and um, even gave Bhaktivedanta a blessing that he would become a great, famous, world famous Vaishnav. You know, mm. so there's a lot more camaraderie amongst spiritualists at the highest level yeah. in India. If you go to certain types of melas, you'll find Shaktas, Vaishnavs, you know, um, Sufis. Buddhists and and Shaivas coming together and for these different melas to perform austerities to to do these different practices and they find a lot more camaraderie amongst themselves even though they have differences of taste and their paths they're different in their paths but there's a lot more camaraderie there. There's a there's a concept called kala, right? So it becomes a very important concept in Jyotish. There's sixteen kalas, right? And only Krishna has full Shoda Shakala. In fact, my teach I posted uh, five verses from Sana Kumar Samhita, and my teacher uh, he pointed out a mistran a miss a missing element of a translation, wherein one of the verses describes how Krishna is best, but in the Sanskrit it says um, Purna Purna Kala, Purna Shoda Shakala. Which means that Krishna has full awareness of the sixteen kalas. He's the only, he's the only one that has full awareness, and he's he's fully aware all the time. Every other avatar is not. Even Ram has fifteen. He's one kala short. It's about how much they manifest. How how much how much how much are how fully aware of of of, of the complete picture are they at all times? Right. So there's a presentation that that a pure devotee is um, completely perfect in that he's like fully aware all the time. Mm. That is not the correct understanding of what it means to be Uttama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uttama doesn't, he, he, has his, he, he, he has as much, from me comes knowledge and remembrance. He has as much as he needs to know at the time, sure. yeah. right? So um, even Chaitanya Mahaprabhu doesn't have 14 Kala, right? What happens is if it enables the less kala, in one sense, the more in the lila you are. Mm. Right? So, the so more human, if, the more... If Mahaprabhu manifests a shodasa kala, he'd be Krishna. He'd be Krishna. He's he not would, Krishna. He would have expressed himself like that, whereas he expressed himself as a devotee. So, there's... so he goes through the lila of, of, of actually uh, uh, discovering himself. Discovering Krishna. Discovering Krishna. Then discovering how he feels about Krishna in stages. And I mean, see, Chaitanya and, Bhagavad does a progressive. He goes through Dasyaras, he goes through Sakyaras, he goes through Vatsalyaras, he goes through... And even starts on Shantaras where he's yelling, running around yelling, Soham, 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 like that. Yeah. And so, the pure devotees, they're also put through um, uh, a life by which they discover... Krishna, and they do get to discover themselves, and then they get self-situated. Yeah, isn't it setting the perfect example? It is. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's, they it's are actually, siddha, right? If, so it if, has to be approachable. If you view them from the perspective that they're just nitya siddhas who come down for a moment just to play and then leave without any, you know, there's no real risk involved, there's no real hardship involved, mm. what's the use of their life for us to learn? Mm. If they're not at all like us, What's the value in studying their life? There has to be a connection between their life and our life, and that has to do with their example. 
And it is my conviction as well that that the in order to um, well, it's like Abby says, if you're gonna help someone, you have to get dirty, yeah. right? So, so um, when they come, they they get put through what Srila Prabhupada describes as Krishna Maya, right? Krishna's running the show. Their Maya is is not my Maya taking them away. Their Maya, all the Maya that's involved, facilitating. is facilitating their Leela of being whatever Krishna wants them to be. And so, um, they in many ways seem like they're, they're human beings. And they have, uh, uh, they have, they go through all of that. And even doubt. So, for example, if you look at, um, uh, now, this kind of always might not take this as an example, but I certainly do. If you look at Ramakrishna Paramahamsa, in the life of Ramakrishna Paramahamsa, have you ever studied him at all? No, not yet. Uh, Ramakrishna Paramahamsa was... Um, did he start as a Kali Bhakta? No. He, he went through each he, of every religion. He spent time yeah. in every religion. And he, he went to... And he, he would master it. He would have the experience. And then, all right, next. He, he did these very quickly, though. Like, yeah, like, brief, like... He did a brief stint. Like three days of Christianity. He was a Christian for three days. And he had uh -huh. darshan of... This is this is how they've, they, they've explained his... His um his stories. I have a friend. You know that you sometimes see. I post things from Haley Goswami. He's an artist, Bengali artist. Really pretty artwork. Like really pretty, kind of traditional Bengali art. Okay, not the surfing dolphin one. No, no. No, no. no I'm I'm not sure. Maybe. Um, I, I I'll so. I'll show you his stuff. But anyway, I, I was talking to him, and he's from the Ramakrishna Mission. You know, he's initiated in the Ramakrishna Mission, and a mm -hmm. big part of their what they kind of learn is like the life of Ramakrishna and all yeah. the different sort of times that people witnessed him go into bog states and he had a he he was a a re remarkable person um and then he threw himself into kali bhakti hmm. he became the the main priest for the kali temple in calcutta at the kali peak yeah and um uh he Eventually, he gets the darshan of Mother Kali. And then Mother Kali says, okay, now it's time for you to go see Krishna. So now you do Krishna Bhakti. You have to be a Krishna Bhakti. So then he throws himself into Madhurya Ras. And eventually, he sees Krishna by the mercy of Mother Kali. So he has some ability to just, whatever he's doing, he, he commits fully. Yeah. He throws himself. Throws himself. Him. But he had a combination in his chart. Which brings upon intense doubt. Mm. So you can that and that doubt serves ultimately. I have a similar one where you can you can have the the doubt comes, but if you're not so ego, mm. um, so so settled in sure. hunkar, then that yeah. doubt just goes. Okay, okay. Well, what does this mean? How do I? Yeah. The thing that's amazing is if you if you allow that to come, and then you just uh, go through it again. What I mean by this, you just okay. Well, it's self-evident again, and let me just get down right. to it again. <clears throat> now, throw everything I think I know, so which is a valuable way. thing for me. I, 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 uh, I, it was very valuable. Oh, okay. Why do I believe what I believe? What do I think? What do I think? And they just throw everything aside and go, okay. Well, what do I actually know? And then you actually, if you work through it, you'll find Krishna very quickly. And each time you do it. 
It's like really peeling fun. away doubts that you've already worked out. Mm. It's 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 like there's no um um this kind of a, a feeble faith that you're afraid to question, question it. it. Right. You, you, you've hit it as hard as you this can. Is what, this is what my, our teacher always talked about was real shraddha. You tried and tested it. You put a light on it and kind of were like, you know, will you break? Will, does yeah. this faith break? Does it break? How I've far, attacked it. I've actually tried to attack how it. How far can you attack it to, to see it hold up? You know? and, and, and it becomes very valuable because... Then there's always there's just like it hold it holds up, it holds up real strong, and the bits <clears throat> that don't they're gone. You go oh that's not actually that's that's um, some kind of fluff, that uh, that's an unnecessary. Uh, we'll, the, the bits that destroy and don't come back. Well, this, this is a, the important thing to know is that like the, a lot of the methods, a lot of methods can be time, place, and circumstance, so they can be arbitrary. Mm. And you know one of one of one of I think. One of the most pivotal realizations I had one time was this, you know, overwhelming sense of frustration for trying so hard and doing all these different kinds of sadhanas and stuff and not getting anything, right? And I was just so frustrated, like, why isn't this working? Why did I follow all these rules? Why isn't this working? Why isn't this working? And then I had this realization, like, very quickly, I was just jumping through hoops. Mm. So no matter what stage I got to, it was like, where's the next hoop? Got to jump through the next hoop, jump, jump through. And people do this too. There's always gatekeepers, right? Jump through this hoop, we'll give you this cool thing and you can, now you'll be, you know, more powerful or you'll have more spiritual potency. You jump through this hoop for us and you do that and then it's like nothing. So then you jump through the next hoop and then nothing. And then you jump through the next hoop and still nothing. And you drop, you're still chasing. So when you're chasing... You can't get it because there's that striving involved, right? It's looking for something else. And and so then I was like, wait, pause. What is here now? Mm. And then it's like, then self-knowledge dawns, self-knowledge comes up. You know, you're, if I actually accept the self, if I actually accept that it's self that I'm looking for, what do I need method for? No, but I'm I'm being serious. Like I'm I'm not trying to talk too high because this is getting into like you'd call this kind of type of meditation ati yoga. It's like a higher a higher yoga part of uh, in Buddhist tantras. You have the three main systems of maha anu and ati yogas, right? And in the ati yoga ati yoga teachings, are basically like everything's already perfect. What are you trying to manipulate it for? Right? Mm -hmm. And so then there's a surrender. There's like, okay, I won't try to do anything. Mm -hmm. I'll just let it be. Mm. And then when, when I finally did that, wow, that's, that's an experience for a private conversation. But, um, yeah. And then from there, you actually decide to act, you know, for something. Yeah. You know, so once you're there, then you're like, all right, now what should now I do? Now what should what I, should I do, do with this, this so, realization right, and I'm this perspective to, on yeah. um, self and perspective on, yeah. on life? Contribute now how can I contribute? Yeah. Which, again, has to be very careful, you know, because mm. because you can then allow ego to come up. And what would mm. ego want? And so you have to be constantly going, not that guy's. I'm not listening to that guy. <laughs> It's not that guy's game. Yes. And, and constantly yes. be checking your motivation, your intention, and, and kind of finding 
and then, no. and then it has to, it just goes, it goes more and more. Yeah. Right? The thing about Krishna that he, he becomes so difficult, you know, like they say in Brahma Samhita, there's the verse where the jnanis can chase after him for eons and eons and they'll never catch him. Right? Mm. Um, he's a very um, elusive, he's actually incredibly elusive. He's a truth that hides behind so many other truths. Mm. And so, um, you know, like the the first stage, the first the first one is, re- the first stage of realization is incredibly difficult to overcome. Most people don't get past the first stage of realization. Why do you think that is? Because Brahma Jnana is like... I'm God. Yeah. It's like that feeling, and it's that convincing. And they're like, oh, oh. It, it, it was that all along. It was, yeah, it's that. Do you think it's because they're attached to the false self? Like no, it's or, just or, or, or it's the, like you don't the have the words. You don't have the words. So when you're in Brahma Samyuja, right? When a person is actually attaining Brahma Samyuja and they're in Nirvikalpa Samadhi, the, the there's no difference between the soul and God. That's what it is. Mm. There is no difference between the soul, God, or Mm. Or um, does does the person in that experience experience being the whole? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, how is that possible though? You would, you would. Like I, I feel like it's more of a part, a part. But do you really experience the whole? Yeah. Um, um, at least, mm, at least, at least, it, it, at that, least, that's what the experience is like. So, so, so the so, thing is, the thing so is, that, okay, Krishna is a little more elusive than that. Okay, that's okay. Oh, let's to... just try to put it this way, all right? You have perspective. We gotta have perspective, all right? All right. When you're looking, when you're here, right here mm-hmm. on the on planet Earth, right? We're yeah. on planet Earth, right here, right? We can't see the whole planet. No. No. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, we but can zoom know, out. But you know, we're, we know we're on a whole, yeah. right? Yeah. We can't see the whole. Okay, yeah. so we'll yes. we'll take seeing the whole as experiencing the whole synonymous, right? And in a limited perspective. In a limited perspective where we're here right now, mm-hmm. all we can see is like 200 meters that way, 200 meters that way, and there's all these obstructions and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. But if we take a spaceship and fly out to space and yes. look down, we can mm-hmm. see the whole, right? Mm-hmm. So think about Maya, right? Yes. Maya, and I talked about the 16 colors, right? Mm-hmm. As specifically cutting the whole into minute portions, but the minute portions all reflect the whole. Okay, so every single person is a is a matrix of the same sixteen things. Every single person. Yes. You are. I am. He is. Everybody on our court, on our street is. Everybody in the country is experiencing their world through the very same set of conditions. Yes. Right. Yes. So we we have we have an understanding of the whole in a mm, microcosmic okay. sense, I gotcha. right? I gotcha. Right. Now, what happens? When you eradicate all of those, all of all the filters, all of this. Uh, uh, hmm. So there's consciousness localized yeah. in a sort of matrix mandala of being, which is the yeah. body. Yeah. Right now, take away all filters. Yeah, yeah I've captured it. It's I've basically, captured it basically, it's like thinking water droplet separate from the ocean. Now, mm-hmm. water droplet in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Can you tell the drops apart? No. 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 So, so when the water drop goes back to the ocean, the, the, the sense is 
the sensation is now the drop became the ocean. This is the experience that, of Brahma Sayuja. This is why it's so difficult and, to get past. And that's why Gyanis typically they, they sit and say, "I am Bhagavan." They yeah. will typically get to and that. So point. then, how do they get around the fact that they don't have the same potency to create? Because it has to do with their they well, they know this on a on the on like a on like an experiential level through samadhi, but then they understand also that Maya has. That basically their mastery over Maya is not perfect. So a tantric who's on that mark, who wants to, he wants to act like he's God in the world, will learn then how to deal with right. master Maya. Uh-huh. So there's part of the process to that is going, getting all the filters gone, and then mm-hmm. the next part of how to impose your will like a god yeah. would be mastering Maya. Yeah. So Shiva essentially. Is the emblem of a personality who has completely mastered Maya mm. without any without any capacity for that Maya to continually bewilder him. We know that after Mohini appeared before him, Krishna gave him the boon that the Mahamaya would no longer disturb him ever again. Mm. So it was only after that darshan of Mohini that he got that. So think about, and he can basically he Shiva basically imposes his will on reality as if he were God. Yeah, he's basically for most people's sense of things, he's as god as it gets. But we understand there's a different, there's a different, there's like a spectrum of godhead, and it has to do with rasa and it has to do with proficiency, the ease at which he masters Maya. Krishna wears a peacock feather, which is the emblem of Maya, right? You see this Mayura, the name of a peacock, Mayura, right? The peacock feather, he wears it on the head like it's nothing. Weightless. Mm. So his ability to master Maya, nobody, in fact, he, nobody he just, has that, the same that, skill in that. In that, that uh, what you just described is that Mohini gives him the benediction. Krishna gives the benediction after Mohini, right? He sees Mohini. He actually witnesses the power with which Maya wields, mm. right? Krishna as Mohini, that incarnation is. Krishna saying, I am Maya, actually. Yeah. There is this Maya, but actually the core from the power from which she wields is my power. It's me. It's me. Yeah. I am Maya. I am Mohini. She's Mohini, but I am Mohini. Right? That's, that's that incarnation. Hmm. That's the significance of that. And, and, and this is why it's difficult. To get past the Brahma stage, the Brahman platform, because you will. And why Bhaktas ultimately will, because you have to have devotion, you have to have devotion to Krishna, you have to be attached to Krishna, so that when that ex- experience manifests, that you don't recognize this, that you still claim to your ego, ah, no, no, your no. ego claims it. See, this is what happens. Mm-hmm. Why you say, I am God. Mm-hmm. Your ego clung it. Mm-hmm. And because you've had the experience of mm-hmm. being in God, mm-hmm. you thought, I am God, my right? Experience. I, I had yeah. the experience. Yes. I had the experience. Yeah. It's mine. Mm-hmm. I mean mine. So there. So what happens is then you, mm-hmm. you have to get the jnana, the yoga mark will get to a place where then you realize Paramatma. And then when you see Paramatma, you're like, Paramatma realization is like seeing I am a part of that and yet that surpasses me. Yeah. So what are some tips on yoga mark? Yoga mark, well, you, you basically pranayama is like the, the main transitional period point from, from just asanas into deeper meditation. Without mastering pranayama in a systematic way, 
then you won't be able to go into dharana jnana samadhi. So sanyama requires that the pranas are flowing properly through the nadis, right? Sanyama is the conjunction of uh, dharana jnana samadhi, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So you in in order to understand the whole process, you have to understand the yoga anatomy. This is what the chakras and the nadis and the prana and the, the pancha pranas. This is all about understanding the mechanics of consciousness. Mm-hmm. You have you basically have three different function, the three different tattvas functioning, which are surya, chandra, and um, agni. These three things are are the three manifestations of consciousness, and they're interacting in three different ways, and then it's balancing those. It's a very deep concept. I'm, I'm not explaining it very well right now. Well, we know that uh, for Hare Krishna, modern day Hare Krishna devotees, they know none of that. Most most of them know none no. of what Well, I mean, said. see, the thing, the thing so is, if you what, read the first three cantos of Bhagavatam, you would get all this. And the fact it's hidden in the tenth. So, yeah, but what what is the what do you think is the prescribed method for the mass of devotees of, of uh, Hare Krishna devotees today? How how I see it is this. How I see it is this, okay? You chant Hare Krishna, you chant the Maha Mantra, right? And this mantra is going to fast track your spiritual life. It's going to eradicate a lot of the It destroys the sixteen colours. It destroys so the coverings. It chants their japa each yeah. day. They they don't need to do those the pranayama exercises and all that is it. So see this is the, this this is the thing that I say is that as you develop more Bhakti, you become more sophisticated in your practice. So then, as you, you figured these things out, you can't just chant laxadaisically mm, and let your pranas go haywire and mm, let your sure. and, and sit. Some of the people discover mm. without necessarily understanding why it works, right? So, for example, if you're chanting your japa and you control how you're breathing, right? You control how mm. many. How many right. japas on the and you regulate yeah, yeah. you regulate your breath on yes. your uh-huh. so japa, right? Part of your japa, yeah, so, yeah. so pranayama. it always well, so part of gave japa. the clue in that, and then he said that japa is our pranayama. Yeah, uh-huh. so it's about regulating how much, how many mantras on the inhale, how many mantras mm-hmm. on the exhale, so how many japa mantras in the whole. Pranayama. Yeah, yes. And I was going to say it's like because you, you sound like you were getting to this point where if you are progressing, the good things become a part of your. Your practice. Yeah. For example, if you like good health, you're going to eat healthy food, yeah. even though you know the soul yeah. is beyond the body. Yeah. Right? It becomes a part of your practice mm-hmm. is to have a healthy diet, yeah, yeah, a healthy yeah. lifestyle. Mm. So, in the same way, uh, devotees who have been chanting for so many years that may not do hatha yoga or pranayama at all, which is quite common, mm. they may find a lot of potential for improvement yeah. through taking up yeah. these yeah. things. So like, softly, a... softly, you know, it's all, it's a, it's about, it's about not being extreme in any way. Um, and again, also not falling for the pitfalls that you would typically fall for if you got into yoga, right. which would be, you know, seeking siddhis. Mm. You, you might be, if, you know, that would be, that would make our bhakti not anukulena or, um, it would be not unmotivated and unmixed. Mm. So we have to be careful that our yoga is bhakti yoga. So all of it, even when we mm. do jnana systems, we do yoga systems, we do karma yoga. For a Vaishnav, proper Vaishnav, none of it is anything other than bhakti yoga. Mm. 
None of it would because because pranayam, for example, is a part of archana. If you actually learn an archana padati, an archana manual for deity worship, not from iskhan. Well, iskhan has it, but no one follows all those parts: the nyasas, the pranayam, bhutashuddhi. These are part of archana. So it's part of pancharatric yoga that they would have taught these things. You would have been doing pranayam. You would have been doing dharana, dhyana, samadhi on your mula mantra. These are all just standard practices of bhakti that are not typically given today because we see that it's actually really difficult for most people to do these things. You have to memorize lengthy mantric processes, all these different things. This is, this is elaborate. So for most people, it's very difficult. But if you're chanting sincerely and you really want to go deeper, these are all there. These are all important things that you can to take help. up to help, to, to facil- facilitate uh, a deepening your yeah, connection so like, to um, the deity, deepening your connection to the mantras, deepening your connection. It, essentially, what what is happening is when a person takes up these archana processes, he is learning to see his world as the mandala of his deity. He and all these mantras are designed to to place the various deities around him, the various you know. Whether it's if you're in Vrindavan, then it's the twelve forests around, and the the yoga pit is the center of reality, and that's where Radha and Krishna sit, and that's the heart. It's always the heart, and so then there's just lengthy, elaborate meditations that allow you to then start perceiving from the center of being, which is the heart, and a vast circle around all of reality is nothing but the mandala of your deity. So then you're wherever you go, you're in the dom. Wherever you what even even understanding the vowels and the the mantras, the syllables of the alphabet, the different types of sounds we make make with our mouth, these are all actually deities. This is not this is not mundane. Nothing is mundane for a yogi. Nothing is mundane for a yogi. So it becomes it, it's infusing this this in in bhakti language we call this aropa, attribution. You put it put it on the world. You, you place these things on your world and then it slowly, slowly transforms. You're basically, it's a very good way to trans, transition from a materially seeing person to a spiritually seeing person mm. through this process. This is part of, this is just basic standard archana from, from yeah. anywhere, from Shaktas, Buddhists, Shaivas, Vaishnavas, anywhere. If you'd look at Kramadipika or just any of the main standard manuals, Standard stuff. If you understand what's going on, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. this is standard. This is like not even that far out there. Um, and you see, for me, the way I think about it as well is there's the in um, uh, Prahlad Maharaj, he gets a benediction from Vishnu after Nishringadev. Uh, later, he, he Vishnu comes and he appears to him again, and uh, it's in Yoga Vishishta. And then Vishnu says to Prahlad that I, I want to give you a bened- I want to give you a benediction. Please ask for a benediction for me. And Prahlad's like, well, I'm pretty self-satisfied. I don't really need anything or really want anything. I'm standing, I'm looking at you. What more could I be to want? Um, but if you'd like to give me something, you would like to shower your affection on me in that way, then you please give me what you think is best. So then Lord Vishnu says, I bless you that you will always be endowed with the spirit of inquiry. Mm. Right? It's like being a child, that kind of wonder, 
Oh, well, what's that? What is this? Why is the sky blue? Why is the... Why? 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 Right? So, Krishna consciousness, Krishna should be like that. In my opinion, there should be this wonderment and this constant inquiry. Like, why is it like that? Why is... Who is that? What is that? Right? So, when you look at, okay, pranayam. What is going on in pranayam? Why do they do it? Oh, there's nadis. Prana. What is the prana? If what what is prana? What's it to me? Why is Om called Pranava? What is Om? What is Om to me? What is the connection between Prana and Om? Right? Then how does the prana flow through my body? Right? Mm. Why am I controlling that flow? Right? Plant has three channels that flow, three main channels that flows through your body. You have the solar channel. You have the uh, the solar channel on the right side. You have the lunar channel on, on the on the left side. And then you have the shishum in the middle. Right? They flow like rivers. Hang on. Rivers. Rivers, you say? Mm. What are these three rivers? Oh, where do else do I see three important rivers? There's a Ganga, a Jamuna, and a Saraswati. Oh, isn't that interesting? That they are the that that they are the life of the land, right? The life is flowing from these rivers. It's so important these three rivers. And you said there was a sun, yeah, the moon, yeah, and the third one, and the third one, fire, fire. So then the, the three rivers they're connected to the sun and moon as well, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 The, how how was that again? I saw it on the moon. The moon. So this is also why the little Krishna. So, so look, look. It's your moon is the river Yamuna. The mm. moon is Bhakti. Mm. Ganga is the sun. That's the right. sun is Yam. Mm -hmm. Right. That then, goes the other way though, isn't it? What the the, the, the downward flow is the no oh. Ganga is the sun. Ganga is the sun. Yes. Shiva coming down. Yeah. It's gotcha. To Shiva, yeah? Um. Then you have the Saraswati, but the Saraswati dries up in the Kali Yuga. What is the Saraswati? Yeah. When we when we sit in the Saraswati, so we, people talk about bathing in the rivers, right? How it's the, the confluence of the rivers, the confluence of the rivers is an important place to bathe. Mm -hmm. But where is that river that you're bathing in? Is it the external river or is it the internal river? Mm -hmm. Right? What happens Krishna, when those three things come together? When those three things come together, what are what are those? So then, then you find that there's three, there's seven places those things come together. Those are the seven chakras. What are the seven chakras? Well, those are the seven lokas. You understand? The seven lokas from from Bhur, Bhuva, Suva, Maha, Jana, Tapa, Satyam, right? Mm -hmm. So where's Satyam? Where's the truth? Boom. Here's the truth. Here at Agya Chakra, right? Forehead. Forehead, the third eye. Mm -hmm. That's where the truth comes, flows, right? Mm -hmm. So where do you want to bathe? You want to bathe in Muladhara, where it's physical reality, or Swadishtan, where it's emotional reality, or in Manipur, where it's thought reality, or in, or in, in, uh, Anahata, where it's the value reality, or, or in, uh, in Vishuddha, where it's the, uh, identity reality. Or the reality reality. The whole reality. 
So we bathe in Agya. So that's why Kumbha Mela happens at the Prayag, or where's the other place? Uh, I'm not sure. Three is three. Three different places, but these are all basically high, high chakra places to bathe. So yogis will try to. What does what does it say in, in Bhagavatam, right? That he brings the air up, right, to the to the to the forehead, and then he perceives the Omkar there, right? And also look at it this way. Look at we call the breath. The breath is called prana, right? You have two sides of the breath. It's prana, apana. Going up, prana, going down, apana, right? So the breath flies on with two wings, right? The prana, apana, right? So we call the breath hamsa. It's a swan with two wings, right? You see this? Mm-hmm. Now, who is a hamsa? Or a paramahamsa? Who's a paramahamsa? The great... So, Paramahamsa is a word for the Paramatma Hamsa. Uh-huh. And Hamsa is the word for the Jivatma Hamsa. Okay. There's the two birds that, that they're oh. talked about on the, on the tree of, of, the, of the body, right? Yes. These two birds, right? Mm-hmm. Now, what do you fly to the spiritual world in? Yeah, yeah. A swan. Yeah. A swan airplane. Yeah. Also, the mind, mm-hmm. the mind's energy is... Breath. We now understand that the mind functions on prana. Mm-hmm. What does Brahma ride? Yeah, he rides a swan, doesn't he? Who is he yeah. the devata of? Uh, intelligence. Mind. 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 See, mm. see the symbol there. Mm. The, 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 these are all being portrayed. Mm. Yes, yeah, beautiful. Look at so then so how so how do how we fly to the spiritual world is through the breath. Yeah, I want to I want to ask uh, because. I know it's quite common that people consider their consciousness, right? They mm-hmm. can, they, they, you know, they think about, well, I'm conscious, what is consciousness? And for some people, they can come to the point of where they can separate contents and consciousness, mm-hmm. right? So something I only just learned recently was, you know, this prana and life force and consciousness and it's still quite fresh to me. Can you guys explain how, for someone who's just coming from, say, like the Western model, you know, what is consciousness, like Descartes, okay. you know, consciousness, All mind, right. and so, then, but then we can learn about prana in, in a yoga text. Mm-hmm. So, what, how can, can you link those okay. concepts up? All right, hold on. So, the word for the soul that's commonly used is spirit, right? Yes. Spirit. Where does that word come from? The word comes from a Latin word, which is like spirite. Which meant to breathe. To breathe, yes. So, how do we know someone's died? Yeah, they they stop breathing. They stop breathing with, with an exhale or an inhale. Exhale. I think. Exhale, yeah. right? Yeah. So the breath has left the body. Left the body. That's right. So, so this prana, prana, is the. How would you describe it? There's different ways it's, it's described. Um, wish I had a quick... Generally speaking, I believe it falls in there, under the category of Kriya Shakti. Kriya Shakti means the activating force, the active force. Get up it! 
Sorry, that's my dog. We got a dog <laughs> scratching the door. So the, the the that which causes action to begin or life to start to move. Mm-hmm. First, you have to you have to understand the connection between jnana shakti, mm-hmm. kriya shakti, and icha shakti. So jnana shakti is like the knower, mm-hmm. no, the knowledge, right? Which is knowing. Know, knowing. Mm-hmm. That's essentially the faculty of knowing. This is like the conscious faculty, yes. just being a knower. Yes. Right, but then there has to be the knower has to then will, mm-hmm. right? It desires something. Right. This is intimately connected. This is a part of the conscious experience. Mm-hmm. Without any stimuli, is wanting, mm-hmm. and then action. How you take action? And those ishta, did you say? What was so it? you have jnana. Jnana is like knowing yeah. or the knowledge. Icha is desire. Ah. Yeah, icha will. Uh-huh. What you will, right? Then uh, kriya is what makes the action come to fruition, the desire come to fruition. It's the path that you take of actions and behaviors to manifest your desire, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So these three, these three are the like the primal <laughs> shaktis of Bhagavan, mm. and, and every individual also has mm-hmm. their own. Jnana Shakti, Kriya Shakti, mm. um, and Icha Shakti, but we tend to not know how to interact with Shakti very well, so we tend to be very um, gross in our ability to to carry this out so, effectively. Can, uh, maybe it's a topic for another conversation, but can the Jiva, can the individual Jivas surprise Bhagavan, surprise God with the, what do you say, Icha? Icha. Icha. Icha yeah, yeah. With their desire, with their will? Yeah, every time they desire to please him. Yeah. It's unlikely to him. Yeah. It's unlikely that people will think of him. Mm. So anytime the soul begins to think of him, he's like, oh, look at that. Because the Maya, he knows how strong his Maya is. Does that mean that when they're in Maya, because they're they're being attracted by Maya, he understands what they're going to do because... Because there's Myers a certain sphere of possibilities, mm-hmm. and he, if you are under the influence of Maya, it's predictable. Mm-hmm. But when you, yeah, it's when, counter. It's yeah. like going against the grain, right? So, but when you, when you will to please Krishna. God, Krishna, mm-hmm. it's a, that's when you can surprise God and you can create something he didn't know was there. No. Because how how do you surprise I mean, him if, I mean, if you can't create something into the put something into the system? I mean it's like one of those things. Like you have to you have to either accept that Krishna is fully Bhagavan and fully knowing past, present, future, mm-hmm. or or not. And and we believe we believe primarily that that he's all knowing. Now there are certain things which still perplex him, right? Radharani. This is but we have to understand that him mm-hmm. he surprises himself. So that's the only thing that surprises him. The end of the day. And because we are all part and parcel of himself, we are part of those things which can surprise him. But it only happens... Oh, so through Radharani, through assisting Radharani, we can surprise him? Yeah. Does that mean? Well, more or less, like to, we, can, to, to, we can cultivate a love which is... is similar to... Or yeah. by, assisting, by assisting in the mood of service to the devotees, to Radharani, uh, ultimately... We are part of the process of surprising God. 
Yeah. We're a part of the system that supports we're, we're part of the system that provides novelty mm. to God. That's what jivas are. They can provide novelty, new stories. Mm. Yeah. Some with forgetfulness, some with remembrance. Yeah, so there's some newness to it. Right? There's always ever fresh. That's what he calls them ever yeah, fresh. It seems Not like sure. some, like, He's always it, ever some fresh. Event horizon of Krishna and his pastimes are happening. It's mm-hmm. an event horizon where it's eternally going so on. So you have to understand the play between how he uses his Maya to trick himself as well. Mm. So. Just because Krishna has the full 16 calls and can see what's going on all the time doesn't mean he does. Yeah, doesn't mean he chooses oh, to. You, we had this conversation yeah. where you said how he ala- he, he kind of switches something off. Mm-hmm. To, to, but he can, he can step out and in. Yeah. He can step yeah, out and see it and he can step back in. in. Yeah. That's right. That helps And he's the only one who can. Yeah. 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 Even Ram has to be reminded. Yeah, that's a perfect, perfect. See, Ramachandra gets reminded yeah. uh, at least twice that he's God. He fully forgets. Mm. He's forgotten. He's so absorbed in the Leela. He's experiencing the Leela. He is who he is, and his nature is his nature. And he, uh-huh. he acts like Ram because he is Ram. But that doesn't always come with full I am yeah. Bhagavan. I got and it. he gets reminded it. by Vashishta yeah. when he's 17. Mm. And then on the battlefield, he gets reminded by Garuda. So that means his, his devotees can surprise him if he lets them. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and the reason why you can never surprise him if he's in that, if he's stepping out and seeing, is because we are... So you can never cheat This is we why can... we don't interact with... Okay, you know, there's a concept in Sri Vaishnavism of Paravasudev. Paravasudev is like that Krishna who is always in the know. Mm. So you can't surprise oh, yeah. him, yeah, like and that exists as like an overarching reality to Krishna's mm-hmm. leelas. I mean, what does that mean? Supreme conscious, supremely conscious. Paravasudev means the supreme light no. being, like the supreme god of light and knowing. The like Vasudev, think of this: there's eight vasus. <clears throat> okay, mm. they um, are the faculties by which you interact with your consciousness, interacts with the world eightfold. Right, like eight parts of cognition. Yeah, right. The vasus. Mm. There are eight of the demigods. Bhishma is the topmost of the vasus. By the way, it's a very interesting point. Mm. Um, they get cursed to have to take birth, and then Ganga kills seven of them in the Ganga and it's drowns seven of them, and they go back immediately. In the eighth one, Bhishma has to stay. Anyhow, so you have these vasus, right? That are the parts of cognition. Vasudeva. Is the the light of the vasus? He is the one who is giving the vasus cognition. That's Vasudev. That's the, like the consciousness of consciousness. It's like the consciousness yeah. of consciousness. Mm-hmm. It's the light that gives it's consciousness self the like the self. Mm. Vasudev. That's the importance of that. That when you say Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, what are you praying to? So you know how you know how you know how Jordan Peterson does that thing where he talks about like you take you take you know. A uh, hundred good men, and the, the yes. best one yeah. of that, you take that. Now you take a yeah, hundred yeah. of those best, Jesus and, God. and yeah. you take a hundred of the best of those, yeah. and then the best one, right? Mm-hmm. And so, w- what we're w- what we're doing also here is looking at conscious beings, right? Conscious beings, the mm-hmm. best, the most conscious being, mm-hmm. that's the top one. Now you take hundreds of the most conscious beings, and then you take a top one, and basically you do that. Like full awareness being, right? You take hundreds of those and then you get like a yogi. And then you take hundreds of yogis and you get a maha yogi. And the, the, the best out of 
thousands of Mahayogis is a Muni. The best out of thousands of Munis is a Mahamuni. The best out of thousands of Mahamunis is a Rishi. The best out of thousands of Rishis is a Maharishi. Best out of thousands of Maharishis is a Brahmarishi. Devarishi, then Brahmarishi. Devarishi, then Brahmarishi, right? And the topmost out of the all Rishis combined, you get a Brahma, right? Topmost out of a Brahma, you might get a Rudra. Topmost out of a Rudra, you might get a Vishnu. Topmost out of a Vishnu, you then start getting a Ram. Topmost out of a Ram, you get... It's this same principle. That's how you understand the avatars because you have to understand where they fit on the the scheme are they full are they sub are they portion of portion are they portion of portion of portion how full are they and that we see when you do the full body of the vedic text what you see is the centerpiece is always the bindu the centerpieces of all yantras of all mystic diagrams is always the point in the middle yeah. right what is the point in the middle that is unchanging the point okay so didn't know where that cut out but um um, I'm, gonna, I'm going back to uh, Vishnu giving the spirit of inquiry to Prahlad. And so, going back to devotee, what should, how, how, in, to, to, how does this become part of their incorporated practice or not practice or so on and so forth? Is that when that spirit of inquiry, when you've, when you've, when you've um, fallen in love with Krishna in a sense, and you become, you have wonder for him. Then you follow that wonder, that spirit of inquiry, and you look at everything, and you find out, oh, that's what that is. Oh, that has to be applied into my life. Like, and then understand it. Oh, how does how do I do that? Right? Because even the mechanics, you might not have to do the mechanics the way the mechanics get. Like we talked about, you can incorporate pranayama into your japa when you understand what's going on. Right? Mm. So it's that inquiry to look at everything. And go, what is that? You know, Balaram, Krishna, Krishna. He lives along the Jamuna. He wanders on the Jamuna. Right? Balaram is Kalindi Bedana. What is that? Yeah, explain that. Right? Yeah, yeah, Balaram. Okay, so, so you have the... You have... This. Now, um, in the context of, of, of the Bhagavad, everything that's taking place there is on the Bomalila. So we have to take that into consideration. First off. Everything is happening in the Bomalila, so it is, it is the now. I'm here in the material world, it applies to me now. And the reason I bring this up is because in the topics of the three rivers, sometimes on the transcendental platform, when it goes beyond the Vairaja, they'll change the order of the rivers, where the rivers meet, right? But for the now, we leave them as they are. Jamun is on the left, Gangu is on the right, Saraswati flows in the middle. And Saraswati in Kali Yuga dries up. That's also very important. When you sit in the Saraswati, the knowledge is flowing. The, the duality has ceased. You have these two polarities. Sun the sun and, and moon is positive. Together. That's and what the meaning of Hatha is. Hatha Yoga means to bring the sun and the moon together. Hmm. Then you see so there's a non-duality. The one light. Rather yes. than two different kinds of light. Now there's the one light. That's the fire. That's, yeah. that's Agni. And it's the new moon. Right? The dark moon. When the sun and moon, they come together. And the moon, the, the ahankar is not shining anymore. It's just the sun. Right? So, the Saraswati is in the middle when the dualities stops. Some real knowledge is flowing. Right? When you sit in the Shushumna, you can ask any question you want. 
Hold on a second. Is this going to just stop? What do you mean? Hold on. I think that's going to stop at three minutes. No, let's keep going. Okay. So, you can ask any question. All knowledge is in the known. The, 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 there's the known. Beta, literally, is the known, the knowing, and the knower where they meet in the confluence. That's and beta. All Anything. of it is consciousness. All of it is Krishna. And all of it is in yourself. So, if you bathe in that, you can go, what is that? And you have access to all knowledge. But in Kali Yuga, that dries up. So most people don't ever experience sitting in the Saraswati. But they'll experience being in Ganga and Jamuna, right? So when you sit in the Ganga, your consciousness flows downward. It comes down to the Muladhara. Or lower, if you're not lucky, right? So you interact, your, your, your consciousness becomes external. It um, has to do with right and left brains. No, you have an opposite. Opposite? Yeah, yeah. This The Ida flows down because it's Apanavayu. And the Pingala flows up because it's Pranavayu. You want to grab that? Abby? One's hot, one's cold. One's hot and one's cold. Right? And the downward flow is cold. That's why I got confused by Avi. The Ganga is cold. It's the, the lunar channel. The Ganga is over here. And uh, anyway. Um... And Kali Yuga, the Saraswati dries up. It becomes very difficult for people to sit in Shashuna. So, in this pastime with Krishna, he sits on the Jamuna. The Jamuna is the flow that directs your consciousness back upwards. Actually, I want to... You're going to correct me again? Uh, no, no. You're right there. Jamuna flows up. Yeah. It's cold flowing up, yeah. hot flowing down. <laughs> no, the moon is up here, so it, the, the cold comes down. Hold you on. exhale. Hold on. But, but look at this other way. You're getting confused. Hello? Anyway, we can we can we can deal with that technicality. Um, I, the important thing is the Jamuna is solar and it flows upwards. So the consciousness is directed inwards. Yes, sweetie, what's up? Sure. Om Namo Narayanaya. Om Namo Narayanaya. Om Namo Narayanaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Vishnu Nama. Om Kavachaya. Hum. Good night, sweetie. So, Krishna wanders on that upward flow. You're gonna find Krishna wandering on the upward flow. It's the inward channel. Yeah. Right. When. Balaram, he call he he pierces the kalindi. It means that he's sitting in. The, he call the kalindi. He has control. When the kalindi rises to this point here, when you've sat in the kalindi all the way to the agya chakra, it means you your kalindi bathing. Yeah, the, the prana has been able to flow properly that way. That's prana so. What happens is prana when prana you have is the karma, vehicle for consciousness. Sorry, that's that's an important thing to understand. Prana is the vehicle for consciousness. Mm, that's the, the swan that, that helps with the yeah. You that before, question yeah. before. Yeah. I was trying to find the right way to explain it, but mm. prana is prana is like the vehicle mm, well, for so consciousness. That means, yeah, because that the, your, your consciousness can be in different places. It can be in different aspects of your being. Mm -hmm. It can be in you know your <clears> material consciousness or spiritual consciousness and. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. It, it rides, it, Prana is the vehicle for consciousness. Yeah, the vehicle. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so Balaram, who is supreme consciousness, he's the supreme guru. He's yes. the one who can pierce the telling for you. 
And also, Balram is the Om that sits here. Yeah. He is the one that does it. No one else, even if you were to do it. The Omkar in the Agya Chakra is Balaram. Mm. It's Vishnupad. As well, another, it's going back to the chanting Ramanam. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Well, you have to, you, you see the thing is, see the thing is, to be a com- completely honest, the Jiva in a conditioned state does not have the required strength to withstand Maya at all. It's just not possible. It's, 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 it's impossible for an individual to overcome illusion on Which its own. Which is why it's amazing when he does. And so Balaram grants, so we have in the Jagannath Baladev Subhadra trio, right? Balaram is the one who is seen as guru. Balaram is the one who is seen as the teacher. Balaram is the one who is seen as the one who tills the soil and punishes the misbehavior. He cultivates you so that you can then learn to serve Krishna. He gives you the necessary strength, the necessary realization. He gives you all the knowledge you need, all the strength you need, all the power you need to be able to hold on and focus yeah. despite Maya's So then, And then you get in that tree. Constant. You get you know, the next is, is Subhadra in the middle, right? So you have Baladeva and you'll see the Panchatapa is the same, left to right as well. So then you have Baladeva is the first port of call. He's the first one that helps you. Mm-hmm. But then you need Subhadra. You need Shakti. Yeah. Right? She has to be on your side too. You have to win her over. When she gives you... Now you're capable of interacting with Krishna. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is that Balaram makes you capable of withstanding trying to enjoy Maya. Because if you go straight to Subhadra, you will try to... You will try to claim Maya for your own. Balaram will give you the knowledge and the where, like the the, the how to properly interact with Maya, mm-hmm. and you make you humble, make you pure. So when you deal with Maya, you can deal with Maya in a submissive spirit, in a non-enjoying spirit, in a non-grasping spirit. He's he's helped you overcome the ahamkar because he yeah. is a ahamkar, right? And that's when you interact with the same world, yeah, but with a different motivation. Yeah, you now. Yeah, 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 exactly. In a spirit of service rather than in a spirit of enjoying it. The the whole thing really comes down to how you interact with Maya. Do you interact with Maya for your own ego? Mm -hmm. Or do you interact with Maya to give it to Krishna? And you see, once you get, once you have this understanding, you see, you see what's happening everywhere. Like right now, I'm having a conversation with someone on the social media who's, you know, this link I posted about um, a podcast about Indian philosophy Mm. from some scholars at a university. So this one uh, friend of uh, Yadavendra, the Bajun Dijitu black belt in Byron, who likes to kind of, the friend, likes to uh, get involved in challenging kind of arguments a little bit, but he doesn't stick around. He kind of get, he kind of doesn't, he doesn't engage. Anyway, I'm just watching him, you know, he, he listened to one podcast and straight away he was just like, I'm not into this. And as I analyze, I mean, I, I listened to the same podcast and I, I got, I got something from it. And then someone, you know, as I analyze uh, his mood towards it, I just see the only issue here is him. It's just you. you are not, <laughs> you're not willing. You're not willing to learn something. You're just not willing to see the world in a way that it's like you can offer it back to its source. Mm, mm. You're just looking to keep things yeah. separated so you can hold on to your yeah. illusion of, you know, 
whatever it is, you know. Mm. So you just, but the uh, the reason I'm mentioning it is once you get the understanding, then you're no longer upset about people not taking it. Right. It's like, you know. It's their free will. Yeah, all, I can, all I can do is just like. Yeah. It's know, their relationship really with Maya. It's yeah. not up to you how, you, how they deal the with Maya. Yeah. It's not up to you how they choose to interact. You know, it's up. It's between them yeah. and those three. And, and it's always the game between us and those three. That's how, that's life. It's the relationship between us and those three cosmic principles. That's basically the whole yeah. thing. Hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, the majority of the population is just so, it's so difficult. It's these, these, I feel very fortunate that I can gather something from this conversation. I think it's from the, you know, the hours of conversation was, we've had prior and there's some kind of mercy that's coming from somewhere that I'm able to capture something that is, uh, I can feel, you know, a pro an upward progression in my understanding and my development. But I also know, like, I, I sympathize for the people of the world who just just wouldn't be able to enter. And I try to think, how can we describe these same principles in their language? I suppose it's through psychology. And it's psychology gradual. Psychology is helpful. Um, it's gradual. Yeah. There's a lot of context that goes into I think being able that, to talk that, on this um, level. It's like... Mm. It, there's like in, like I've tried to have conversations with people that are relatively new devotees and stuff, and then I get to this point where I realize, oh my god, there's so much stuff that has been a part of my life for so long that I don't even realize that it's not common knowledge. Yeah, you take it for take granted. totally taking for granted. Yeah. and so it's like, oh well, where would I start? You know, it's like, do I? tell the whole Mahabharat story? Do I try to tell all the stories from the Puranas that I know? Do I, to, how do I piece this all together? Because what I've seen it is like this. The Upanishad give you the, tan, the tattvas, they give you the principles, and the Puranas show you how they behave. Yes. You understand? Yes. Then, the Tantras teach you how to rise up through it. All the systems, they teach you how to master rising up through those different tattvas. Because you don't want to stay on the tattva of earth. That's this is this 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 plane that we're on right now is the lowest not the lowest plane but it's a middle plane. It's it's basically very gross consciousness. It's very we experience ourselves as bodies. We experience the self as the body here. Mm -hmm. This is a very gross manifestation of of consciousness. Yes, like the like, body is a manifestation like of pain, consciousness. Pain this is something right people don't understand. Mm. The body itself is the earth manifestation of consciousness. Mm. So this is consciousness in its yeah. solid you could, state. You could uh, point out a fault here in our classical, modern Hare Krishna education. is like yeah. this. We say, you're not the body, you're not yeah. the body, you're not the body. But then we get this super dualistic understanding. Yeah. We don't realize that it's your desire and consciousness that is permeating or like holding the collection of atoms together because the atoms are just vibrating you know well if you get down stuff, to if you right? get down to even smaller it's just yeah. energy yeah, yeah right so right. Yeah. our philosophy is that there's shakti and shakti man right mm. and that yeah, shakti is basically a in a mirror mm. for shakta man, shakti man to experience himself through yes right yes. And as the shakti man is looking at shakti he's experiencing himself mm -hmm. right and the shakti provides the 16-fold matrix to experience mm. the self in a very diversified way with multiple identities at play, multiple things going on, mm. on, you know, the, the five elemental scheme that we have for, for reality, you know, ether, space, 
um, air, fire, water, earth. Those are all basically gross manifestations of consciousness mm. by Shakti. Mm -hmm. it, we understand the material world is a reflection yeah. of the spiritual world. Yeah. So Mahamaya is the perverted reflection She's a shadow. of the true nature of oneself. So that's why at the end of the day, the spiritual world has to include bodies. Because where the hell would they come from? Mm. Where would bodies manifest? Why, why would a body manifest if it's not encoded in the nature of being? Nature of being which is also, again, why we interact with the Supreme as a human being. Has to do with at what level do we do, does life become self-aware? Just look around. What level of life becomes mm. self-aware? Yeah, the human. The human being. Yeah. Right? What level what level of life manifests the most free will? The human being. Mm -hmm. What form of life manifests the most inquisitive, knowledge acquiring, progressive, changing, adaptable? The human being. Mm -hmm. The human being reflects the nature of reality better, more fully. Yeah, the yeah, scope is yeah, more yeah. full. Yeah, it is a, it's a full scope, right? It is a, it's an indication uh, of the, the higher positions, if you want to call it a hierarchy of being, of, of possible body forms. Mm -hmm. of, of, yeah, being, I would like to say. So again, it's, a, it's, it's a, an indication. Yeah. yeah. Just looking at nature, nature is made up of patterns, and we can see that humans represent. Um, yeah, they're higher even than the celestials. They're considered more important mm -hmm. than the celestials, and the, go the gods are just your mm -hmm. senses. Mm. The, the faculties of which you use to experience Shakti, the individual faculties of experiencing are the gods, mm -hmm. and what is enjoyed by them is the goddesses. So the world is Maya, the senses are the, the, the devas. You see, then there's the 33, the 33 devas, they're the primary demigods, the 33 in number, yeah. right? And so they, they go over the 20, they go over. Basically, all the faculties of your experience, sight, smell, taste, touch, different parts of cognition, different parts of the mind, intelligence, ego, they're all, they all have overruling devatas who are responsible for making sure those, they are those things. And then Indra is the king of them all. And Indra is the king of all, which, you which know. Is a reflection of the fact that the soul sits on the throne of the heart. Mm. And it's the Shetra Gya. Mm -hmm. He's the presiding of the Shetra. Yes. So Indra is the presiding Shetra Gya of the universe. Mm. We had this conversation the, yeah. the other day, and yeah, I have a few questions uh, coming out of that conversation as well. So I'm just going to ask them. Because, Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, what I came with a question uh, for you guys, and it is okay, so. As Vaishnavas, we are taught to only worship Vishnu, mm -hmm. or only Vishnu avatars, only chant Vishnu yeah. names, okay? Uh, so, what, why should, and what is the utility, and why should uh, we respect the Devitas? Why should we, no, okay, I'm just going to get straight to it. What is the significance of Lord Shiva for the yeah. Vaishnavas? Why, how should they see him? How should they approach him? And why, why should they? Because this question has been asked I to see me you. also. Yeah. Okay, so. Because you mentioned second. this in that conversation yeah. where you spoke about Indra as he uh, representing the... So first you have to understand the mandala of being. 
right? In order to actually understand the position of the gods. If we talk about gods and goddesses, like if we were going to do a class on gods and goddesses in Hinduism mm. as a concept, you would have to first recognize that it's a, there's a mandala, right? Yes. Of one being. Mm-hmm. And that every deity, including ourselves, is a part of that mandala. Right? Mm-hmm. Ultimate benefit comes from worshipping Krishna because he's the total mandala. And the center. And the center point from which it is coming. Right? Mm-hmm. So supreme benefit comes from Krishna. Mm-hmm. So the goal point should always be Krishna. So those statements that we should not worship the devas, we should not put any devata other than Krishna in the middle. In the middle. Or see that the, the, the whole mandala belongs to anyone other than him. Yeah. So now we have the mandala. We yeah. understand who the mandala is. Yeah. And they, they come in. So we, we can go from the center point to the external bits, which you could say is the digpalas, the, the lords of the ten directions. So now you have to understand what do every... Now, what is the service of every one of this? You know, if we were to think about this as the royal, uh, like a government, then there's positions... Right? Some positions are more important than others. When Krishna describes this, he says if for those who worship the demigods, the results they get are temporary. Mm. Right? So there's a clue. If you need some temporary result, you might have to go to a temporary to a demigod. Mm. Right? So driver's license. So the DMV, not sample the Jyoti, yeah. when we learn how to use mantra to help people, mm-hmm. you will go to a demigod of the ten directions when there is something tangible at stake. Um, in danger, right? Mm. They there's some risk. Like for example, say you, someone comes to me and they're like going bankrupt, and they're like, oh my god, I'm going bankrupt, and, and it's my job to help them not go bankrupt through mantra. I would have to give them a big pala mantra. He's a he's a material, he's a part of the material manifestation yeah. whose job because, is to maintain the material reality, right? right? Because Krishna is only going to give you what you truly need. Right. So, well, also, it's it's that's the job. It's, it's, it's also job. about a, a big thing about is it's Krishna for one. All these beings are his devotees. Yeah. All yeah. of the devotees are his devotees. We also understand that the worship of Krishna's devotees, when it's in that mood, is considered higher than worshiping yeah. Krishna. Yes. Worshiping the devotees yes, yes, is yes. actually more efficacious yes. than getting bhakti than worshiping, worshiping Krishna. Krishna. Yeah. So, so, so we're going back. So we're going to go back to so, to understand. There's a hierarchy of, of demigods. Mm-hmm. There's material demigods, very limited result, right? And also limited beneficial impact to yourself, satisfaction. Mm. Talk about satisfaction, yes. limited satisfaction, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Then we get to, you, you can go up, there's Panchadevata, the first five. Earth, fire, you know, like if you go to Shankara, does Panchadeva to worship? They worship the sun. Bhakti no Thakur talks about it. You do this. Uh, first is Ganapati, then Surya, Surya then Shakti. Shakti, then Shiva, then Vishnu. Those Panchadevatas are very, 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 very significant. Powerful, very important. This Panchadevata, right? Then you, uh, you, and you have, um, um, they're helping you 
raise your consciousness through the chakras. They're also Pancha Brahman. The Pancha so they're Brahman. actually on the platform of Brahman. They're actually manifestations of Krishna himself. Yeah, in a, these in a five are Pancha direct. Brahman. They're not. They're not. They're they're in Tattva. They're non different. They're just. They're particular. It's more it's specific. Specific, right? So then, then you come up to. Um, you come up to your Brahman, right? Mm-hmm. Now you're at Shiva. Shiva is the. He's, he's the. the he's the, he's the. So you have Mahesh Dham in the middle between. Golodam and Devidam is Mahishtam. So hmm. essentially, Mahishtam is is the place where the Tashta, yes, Shakti, yes, Mahesh, yes, Dham. Mm-hmm. That's that's basically the Tashta Shakti Viraj River. Hmm. This this Brahma Jyoti is like this effulgence emanating out of the spiritual world into the material world to yeah. reveal the spiritual world yeah. to the material world. Yeah. So J- Shiva's function is to reveal. Is to reveal Spiritual. Yeah, so he's Adi so, Guru. That's how I tried to explain. He's it. Adi Guru. My friend is, you know, Shiva. Because I think we we, I think we don't. So have then, what happens respect. is? Wait, wait. I'm oh, yeah. sorry. I think sorry. we don't have a proper respect educated into us uh, yeah. on, on these matters and for these personalities. Yeah. Because I found I changed my attitude towards Lord Shiva. Yeah. And I experienced a great result. And so I tried to explain it to my friend who asked me, he asked me actually in this way, he said, I'm going to this yoga school and they chant a lot about the mantras and I feel like, you know, a little, yeah. like why are we chanting these mantras? And I tried to explain to him actually it, some of the stuff what you guys have been saying, um, I basically said like, um, we should show respect to the, I explained it like this, you can see them two worlds like a prison and there's a prison guard, a prison keeper. You show respect to the, make, get mm-hmm. in favor of the prison keeper and they're going to help you out, right? He may not take you to the king's palace, but he's going to help you out. You know, that the actual statements is that only, there's only two people who can give bhakti. Well, no, there's three that can actually grant bhakti. There's many devatas that can grant moksha or Brahma Sayuja. Okay. There's many devatas that can grant you knowledge mm-hmm. or or different types of vidya and different types of mastery over faculties and etc cetera, etc cetera, right there's only three people who are, who who are capable of granting bhakti shiva parvati and ganesh yeah and because shiva if he's the greatest vaishnava that means he has bhakti that means he can give it he's the yeah. he's the holder actually the gopal mantra that we get jiva goswami writes that is guarded heavily by durga she's the only one who can give that mantra. So when she decides you're getting that mantra, no matter what, you're getting that mantra. Yeah. Our mantra, the, the mantra of our lineage comes from Mother Parvati. Comes from Shiva spoke. They, 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 they're, they're, the, they're the topmost for us. We're Vaishnavs. The topmost Vaishnavs that we could yeah. even imagine yeah. trying to associate with. So then, yeah. Shiva, Parvati, and Ganesh. And they're the two supreme gurus. Your mother and your father are the guru, mm-hmm. right? So they're the two men, all tantras start with either Parvati said or Shiva said. All, everyone. Even the Bhagavatam was got by, by, by Shiva speaking it to Parvati. And then Shuka. And the form of a parrot, he 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 stayed near poverty because she fell asleep, and she he was doing that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm, I understand for poverty, so that Shiva didn't realize that poverty had fallen asleep. And then Shuka then 
goes, he takes birth in the womb of, 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 um, what's Vyadavyasa's wife's name? I can't remember her name. And, and then he, he heard it again. In the and room. then he heard it again. And then he, then he goes, then he's able to give it. That's why he was a Brahma Rishi already. He had already heard Bhagavatam before he took birth. Yeah. And so his whole purpose was to come and speak Bhagavatam. So That's the whole purpose of his life. So then that their, their, their job is to maintain the universe, Shiva and Parvati, right? Yeah. Shiva and Parvati, the union of Shiva and Parvati is the universe, right? They're like the highest two tattvas in the yeah. universe. Yeah, and it's, as we it's know, supreme it's masculine and feminine. Vision. They it's are the, the supreme masculine, masculine and feminine. The whole embodiment of consciousness, mm. all of consciousness mm. combined, that's Shiva. All of experience combined is Parvati. Parvati. Mm. And Shiva, by the nature of the reality of the world, he is uh, has the thankless task of always being here. He never leaves. Mm. Never. Right? Because it always is. It's by the will of all beings, when Krishna himself, that want to interact with the world, he is the one who upholds it. Yes. So you see the Balaram Tattva run through. Shiva's part of Balaram Tattva. Mm. And so, initially... He is that glaring effulgence that bewilders. He is that, that truth that they, oh, and then they don't want to see Krishna. Mm. Right? So it's how he protects. He protects through the forgetfulness, actually. In fact, he, for the Dhammas, there's a forgetfulness, and you're back in. Shiva controls that. Mm. The function right? of death is the to function make you forget. Is to forget, and you forget. Why Shiva? He upholds that. He upholds that no one who is not worthy will come through. And at the same time, when he says, you're worthy, no one can stop you. Mm. No one. Yeah. He is infallible. Shiva is infallible. And Parvati is too. So then Parvati, once you have been purified by Shiva, now you can approach Parvati because you won't try to grab her. She's no longer the prison. There's a few stories of demons actually who, who did tapasya and then tried to steal Parvati from Shiva. Yeah. And he, he defeats this one demon and then the demon realizes what he'd done, right? How big of an offense he had. He was he befriended Shiva, all this stuff to do and then he tried to steal Parvati. Mm. And then Shiva gave him the smackdown and he finally he prayed for like a thousand years to Shiva, like Shiva holding him down. Yeah. Like and then finally he actually he gave him a position as like one of his generals. He he forgave him, gave him a position of general and just like Yeah. So very merciful. So, very merciful. So then, not. He's so, so merciful. So then, so then, Parvati, she has the capacity. She is the knowledge that the world has to offer you. Yeah. Right. She she is the world, and, and then it comes with the knowledge that she can give only. She, in one sense, you could say only she can give you. Yeah. Right. She she is the full. So then she manifests the Mahavidya, the ten Mahavidyas. From Kali. She's, Kali has manifested time and the womb. Kali is so significant. She is the blackness of the Shunyata. Hmm. The embodiment Kali. of the void. She is which, the void. In which time she is the experience of the void. Manifests. And time manifests there. It oh. starts from there, ends there. Right? You follow me? That's another reason why it's difficult to get... See, because you have to actually go through, you have to go through the void. You have the pralaya. You have to go through the pralaya, which goes, you go all the die. way through the void. You die. Then there's the Brahma Jyoti. You have to go, go past the Brahma Jyoti. 
So you have to have some. You have to be willing to let go enough that you allow everything to. You die have to be able to let you allow yourself go into to go the, into the full Goliath. black, and then the light shines there. And then it's like, oh, that's me. I'm everything. Blah blah blah. And then it's like, no, no, go further. Yeah. And so the important thing to always know is that Krishna's always going further. Yeah. Yes. So you're you he's don't not, he's he, not he, he's and also he always gives the ego over. Balaram holds the ego. Krishna doesn't hold the ego. Krishna doesn't even put himself that he goes. It's me. Yeah. Balaram is the one who always knows that it's Krishna. Krishna allows himself to constantly forget and remember, forget and remember, forget and remember, and that's the revelation. That's the kind of that's the that bio that that's like a biofeedback loop of bliss. The forget and remember, forget and remember, because every time he remembers, boom, it's just like this yeah. festival of being. So the Mahavidya are tenfold, just like there are ten avatars. There are ten avatars which teach the ten principles of action by which you become free. You learn from the ten avatars. The they avatar. remove the grahana <laughs> by which you're being bound yes. to the material yes. world. The Mahavidyas, the ten Mahavidyas, grant you the tenfold knowledge. By which you can interact with the world without being bound by the world. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. But you're only really going to be able to access the most of what when you go, I don't want. Because they will always ask you first, are you sure you don't want wealth? Are you sure you don't want, uh, you want power? I can give you power. I can give you, I can give you, I, I can give you anything. I am the world. I can give you whatever you want. So... So the motivation has to be very pure when you come in contact with Shakti. Shakti is a whoa, and because she is the world, she 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 her she manifests her result. Shaktas can they chant their mantra and and things happen fast, 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 because he, she's right there. She's the first thing you, the first person you could say in the mandala that you're dealing with. She's right there, instantly, from Instant. the, instantly from the bindu out. The rest is all Shakti. From the bindu is the only Shakti man. And everything else is Shakti. We're all Shakti. We're not, we're, we're not really, we're a part of that whole thing. We're a part of that, you know, never ending story. We're a part of the, the Bindu with no edges and no center, but, but we're actually Shakti. And those two principles of Shakti and Shiva, they reveal Krishna. Only they can reveal Krishna. Because you have no other, right? So you, you don't have access. You don't have. You can't. Of, of Guru. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He is guru. He is I guru. Think there's like a separation. Out, out the way we're educated is yeah. we separated. Yeah. Well, well they relegate him into the category of demigod because, in a sense, he's a demigod, not being the center point. Right. He's not the supreme being, right. and yet he is. Really, 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 really though, the connection to make is that Mahavishnu. Yeah. Is Mahavishnu is actually Sadashiva. Yes. The Mahavishnu right. and Sadashiva are yeah. virtually so, yeah. non-different. And that's why Advaita Acharya is considered the dual avatar of Sadashiva and Mahavishnu. Mm. The, the only distinction, they separate them into two. One is the glance, one is the person. And, but also to separate the symbolism. You understand the symbolic difference between the two. Because they function differently. Yeah. Shiva, Sadashiva, we learn from Brahma Samhita, is the supreme masculine Hail. symbol. Yeah. That's the word that's used. He is the symbol of masculinity. And we worship that symbol as a Shiva Linga. Literally the masculine phallic symbol mm. is the Shiva Linga joined with Shakti, the Yoni. 
Now, some people go, "Oh, that's grotesque, blah blah blah," but it's the principle that we're seeing. All how, life comes from how, that. Well, where, this where is, is the, life coming this from? This is other the, than the how Jordan Peterson talks about the the order and chaos. The masculine symbol being the, the order, the chaos. Shiva, the stable stability, consciousness itself, the all ground, mm-hmm. and the feminine being all, all manner of 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 experience, every experience. And that they join together to create the world. It's an interesting thing, like, even as you said, it's an interesting thing to understand that Maya facilitates, Maya facilitates and expands for bringing in consciousness. So, mm-hmm. like, how I'm going to use this is, when a scientist peer into micro, right? Mm-hmm. They use their telescopes to look into what's the smallest thing that they can perceive, right? Yeah. You know, 60 years ago, it was like the atom was the smallest thing we could perceive. Mm-hmm. And they figured out, oh, you could perceive the proton, yeah, neutron, the electron. Electron, electron, yeah, electron microscope, yeah. And, then, and now they're getting into going deeper, right? Mm-hmm. That they can see, well, they can understand the potential for there being stuff like strings and quirks, right? Mm-hmm. But as their ability to perceive goes further, there's just more. Mm, to perceive. There's always more yeah, to yeah. perceive. No matter how yeah. small you go, there's has, always it's more. It's, it's, Depending, it's, it's like the measurement. It's yeah. like the idea that yeah. we can measure this phone. It's around five and a half inches. But depending on what measurement I use, yeah, so the number is yes. infinite. Yes. So, mm-hmm. so Maya that's expands why, infinitely. That's through science, as we know it's today, li- we'll, never, we'll never. never get there. No. Yeah. Never. No. So, also because it's out. Science is going out. It's not going in. Yes. So then Mahavishnu becomes a different symbol. He's a different symbol. Even though they're the same being, it's a different symbol. Mm. Mahavishnu, he is the all-ground resting on the causal ocean, sleeping on existence itself. That's the symbol. The mind is born from him. And then the mind is what creates the world. And the mind creates the world. Mm-hmm. That's the symbol. And we understand our world based on how how our mind has been developed. Yes. Our scope of the world. Like yes. if you're an indigenous person in the middle oh, of yeah. nowhere, in Papua New Guinea, your world is... Different, different world. The whole reality you're in is yeah. completely yeah. different. You talk in the trees, you're hearing from the yeah. mother of the forest. No, it's, it's, it's real to them. It's it totally totally real. It is totally real. Yeah. So it's, it's the... Pe- and see, Brahma is like... The totality of mind. Yeah. It's mind that knows... No bound. No bound. It's all mind, you know? It's, so it doesn't have that limitation of not knowing. It's Brahma. It's mind coming in contact with perfect consciousness. Brahma. Yeah. Mm. So, so it's mind. It's consciousness shining through the mind. Mm. Brahma. Yeah. And then Brahma is the that being that when being. perfectly illuminated mind. Of the yeah. perfectly illuminated mind. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that then you understand the symbol different, right? Mahavishnu is resting on Ananta. Ananta is the Ananta Shesha. Upholding. Ananta Shesha is the upholding. infinite and its remainder. And its remainder, yeah. The mm-hmm. infinite and its remainder. Ananta Shesha. Mm-hmm. Shesha means the last little bit. The little no so smaller. The jiva is sometimes smaller. called Shesha. Mm-hmm. The t- the minutest portion. Mm-hmm. That's Shesha. So Ananta is the infinite and the most finite. That's the shesha, yeah. and the jiva is often called yeah. the shesha. And then you have you have uh, he's uh, uh, naga, and the nagas you have two you have two symbols. You have a sarpa, and you have a naga. Their function is different. I've actually just only just figured this out because I was putting it all in the same category, but it's different. So sarpas we have in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, "Absarpas I am Vasuki." 
and of many-headed Nagas, Ananda. He says that. Mm. So a sarpa is a rope. It's something that... It, it, like um, we have the uh, the snake ropes, you know, of Varuna. Bali was bound with. It's a, it's something that binds. It's a binding factor. Mm-hmm. When someone has a sarpa yoga in their chart, it's a karma that binds them. They're bound by this karma that's going to cause restriction in their life. They're going to be restricted. It's a restrictive bind. And the nagas, and it's a desire. And then mm-hmm. the nagas are a will or a desire, a will. It upholds the supreme will being the will of existence of Ananda. Yeah. Unlimited the supreme will of being to exist is Ananda. He upholds everything. He's the thousand eyes. Ananda. Unlimited hoods. He holds up every point of view he holds up as a manifestation of that principle of consciousness. And that's what Mahavishnu rests on. So it's saying that space rests on that consciousness that is perceiving everything. Because Mahavishnu is the space. When people use that to talk about the sky father. Mm. Right? This is a very important principle. The sky father. Mm. The uh, indigenous Australians talk mm-hmm. about sky father. Sky father. Mm-hmm. Every culture Mali has talk about sky father. Yeah. Vikings talk about sky father. Sky father and earth mother are primal. Yeah. Earth Mother is, you could say, the Mother Earth on the lowest level, Bumi, the Earth itself, but then there's greater, mm. right? When you get to Shakti as the universe, you know, like people who do the secret or whatever, and they, they call it the universe, or either I ask the universe, and I shoot you. Yeah. It's, that's Shakti, that's Mother that's Mother Nature. Yeah. Gaia, mm-hmm. right? That's Mother Nature, that's the Earth Mother. And the sky father. You can think of everything as 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 portions of consciousness on different frequencies, on different different different, yeah. different wavelengths of, of different levels of being, and they're all they're all part of each and every single part of totality contains totality. Yes, yes, and all points are accessible from all points. Yes, yeah, yeah. but it's see that you can get lost in it. So yeah. that's why that's why the knowledge when they give knowledge about Krishna and his viewhas and his vibhavas and his different things, it's like it's like out of all this chaos, which is being, which is totality, mm. you need to find its center. Yeah. There's gotta be something these that, fixed points. This fixed points, these are reference points that you can then utilize. Right? The first reference point that you should get is you. Yeah. You're the first reference yeah. point. Yeah. You're the first refer- reference point. And so then from there, it's like, what's the reference point of me? Yeah. But you, not many people can even do this. Not many people and can so do this today. And there's, 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 <laughs> yeah, because yeah. what happens is the chaos becomes less chaotic yeah. when you, yeah. you get to Shiva because at Shiva it's one, right? Mm-hmm. Infinity is one thing. It's infinity. Mm-hmm. It's one. It's stable. It's, it's, it's a constant. It never changes. Yeah. Right, you can get lost in the, the the looking at the details and go. It goes on and 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 there's no end. But at the same time, it never never it doesn't expand, it doesn't contract, it doesn't. It is what it is. It always is. It is. And because there's a constant, it never changes. And then it gets that. Oh, oh, this is oh, this is completely stable. Well, it's an important thing to like break down Omkar, right? So you get the breakdown of Omkar is yes, Ah, yeah. U, and Ma, yeah. right? Chaitanya Charitamrita. Right now, now the the way Gaudiya's give it is a higher Omkar. Two seven one twenty. Gaudiya's use it on a higher level where it's uh-huh. uh, Radha Krishna the Jiva, mm-hmm. right? Yes. But the Upanishads teach it that it's Brahma Vishnu Shiva, uh-huh. right? 
that Brahma is a, is the inhale, mm. right? It's the be, coming into being of existence, mm. right? And then the U is Vishnu, and that is the retention of breath. That is the sustaining mm. factor of existence. It's what existence sustains, right? Mm-hmm. And that space of sustenance is Vishnu, right? So the day, essentially, the day is Vishnu. Mm. The morning is Brahma. And the night. And the night. Shiva. Shiva. Well, you could also do it. Vishnu is the morning because it's, it's not active. Mm. Where the creative time of the day is generally done during the day, mm. right? Anyway. So then, the middle of the day, ooh, is Vishnu. Vishnu, ooh, yeah, okay. So then, also, you 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 divide up the uh, three states of consciousness: waking, deep sleep, uh, dreaming, and deep sleep. Same, they're all tied, right? Mm-hmm. Then Vish- Shiva destroys. All right, now we have this cyclical pattern: mm. creation, maintenance, dissolution, creation, maintenance, dissolution, creation. So what's the constant? Always changing. Mm-hmm. There's your constant that is always in flux. Reality is always going through creation, maintenance, dissolution. Mm-hmm. So that's a constant. Mm-hmm. So that's a tattva. There's a truth. Yes. And that's a truth for every single moment. Every moment comes into being, mm-hmm. is, is held, and then it's gone. But where's the last moment? It's gone. You can never grab that moment again. Mm-hmm. Right? But there's something that runs through it the whole time. There's a con- another constant. So that's the constant of three. Mm-hmm. There's the constant of one. Mm. Who's perceiving it? Yeah. The perceiver. And it's the same with the breath. You're, you're, you're going breathing in, breathing out, holding your breath, breathing in, holding your breath, breathing out. What's the constant? The breath. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's an, that's it's a, a it's a transcending yeah. tattva to those three phases. You see it? Yes. So then what's the constant in that? What's the constant in the, the, the breath? So that we had the breath is always changing in and out. And, mm-hmm. and, and then the breath itself is also a constant. Mm-hmm. But now you're asking another layer. Yeah. Constant well, where, where would you go deeper than that? And, and it's not the... All breath runs through what? What holds the breath? Well, it runs through... What, where, is it, where is it contained? Where is the breath the contained? Yes. Yeah. And the space is constant. As yes, well. there's the next constant level. So this is how you understand the tattvas. You, you look for the constant, right? We get the earth element. What's the constant? There's always solid reality. There's always physical reality, right? Mm. What about what I'm dreaming? Sorry? What about what I'm dreaming? Oh. So then we have to go into... Right. So it's not always. Uh-huh. For conscious experience, it's mm. not always... Physical reality. So then it's a very gross truth. It's a, right. It is a truth. Uh-huh. But it's a gross truth, right? But then yes. there's all, you know, then you, there's always sensation. There's always feeling. Mm. There's all the, that. So the water element, there's always emotion, thought, mind happening. No matter what, yeah. there's, there's something going on, mm-hmm. right? And then the next uh, emotion, feeling, sensation like that. Then the next level is we're always thinking. Mm. Human beings are always thinking. Yes. And even more constant than thinking is is the imposition of our value structures, which happen they 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 go on even when we don't think about them. Yeah, they're unconscious. They're unconscious. Yeah. They're unconscious. Our value structures that we have been in in in, in programmed mm. with 
they're they're even more constant than thought. Mm. But what's more even constant than that is our identity. The identity is even more constant than that. Mm. That this person I am me mm. that has been thinking, feeling, willing, sensing, that's more constant. Right? Mm-hmm. But even more constant than that is everything. Is the world. Is the space which within which all planets are resting. All experiences happening within this one vast space. Right? Mm. That we that's that's basically when you get to that's like you get to the level of shunyata. And the thing is is that the other things, even though they're not the same constant as the space, they're co-immersion. It's not that one exists and the others don't. It's not the yeah. higher tattva exists, but the lower tattvas are illusion. Yeah, because what their expressions? What is, what is space if it contains nothing? Then it would. It has nothing to contrast to. So therefore, it's not really space. It has to be. It has to be a part of it. it has to be. It has to contain something. Yeah. Mm. For spaceness to yeah. be. Otherwise, yeah. it's just you can just count it as not. As, as no space. Not even. Yeah, no space. <laughs> well, if without space, there's no universe. Mm. If it was just a confined... Yeah, that's the constant of space is it holds something. And the constant of space is that it's holding something. Even nothing. nothing so is the supreme it's emblem it's of space is Krishna. Yeah. So that you get to this point where you see the Krishna first is, is the full constant of all constants. No matter what, there's always everything. Yeah, and there's two way, there's two ways of going about it. See, like a lot of people would look at Krishna the same way as some Hare Krishnas look at someone like Shiva or a demigod, mm-hmm. like ah, oh, it's just yeah, like yeah, some yeah, symbol, yeah. some guy. You know? mm, yeah. Um, and so a lot of people be looking at Krishna as like ah, oh, he's just some Hindu god. But yeah. if you go take this route, mm. you know, where you're just going up these levels of tattva, mm-hmm. and then you realize, oh, okay, okay, at some point there's a level of truth that contains know, all the truth. Yeah, and then you, that is Krishna. That is that is what the definition <laughs> yeah. of it is. Like yeah. literally, yeah, yeah, that's right. It's people... effortless mm. existence. Mm. Krishna, so, Krishna is given as mm. the word the, the the definition of the word Krishna is given. Right. Effortless existence. And what is existence? Is there, is there an effort for this to happen? No, no. we can't explain it. No, we no. find really no cause. There's no one who can tell us what caused this thing to come into being. It's nope. effortless. It's it's basically it's me. It's it's um completely spontaneous, and 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 it's effortless existence, full of bliss. Yes. The bliss is the experience. <laughs> is experience. People want to make bliss to be just all good feelings. Mm. Bliss, the ananda portion, mm. is all of it. Mm-hmm. It's experience. Mm-hmm. So, yes. including. Sukha and dukkha. Yeah, it's also yeah. It's basically including what we're having right now. It's not. Yeah. What what, what we're, the situation we're in right now? Once you once you progress as a yogi, you understand that the situation we're in right now is not bad. It's right. Not wrong. Right. It's not. It's not. It's not. Um, how to say? The illusion is the way you saw it. Yes. The way you looked at it. Yes. The way you perceived it. The way you cho- way you interacted with it according to your yeah. own motivation, your own mm. attitude. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so therefore the bliss, you know, it's like the bliss includes, you know, when your children are vomiting all over the yep. floor and your wife is well, all upset. I mean, look at you know, all of Krishna's leelas. Look yeah. at all of Krishna's leelas. Yes. Are they rosy? No. No, they're really full on, hard, yeah. 
hard pastimes. Rom yeah. is a tragedy. You know, the yeah, whole story yeah, yeah. of Rom is yeah. full of Rom crying I'm and suffering. Have to, I, have to, I have to draw the line. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to run. Oh, okay. Because if I don't run now, She's like, I, will let you come have, back. I will have unnecessary tragedy in my house. Okay, all right. We don't want to make the world right, worse. We want to make it better. <laughs> um, let's do this again next week. Let's do it again next week. Yeah. Thanks well, for listening. If you manage to get through that, um, you get a star. You get a star. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's all for this week, guys. Johnny Tai.